Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Padamaro. It's episode 126. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we're a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, but mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. Or, in the case of this episode, probably no help at all. Um, but this week, we do have Vincent, who is not the unhelpful one. It's just our... our <laughs> Our show topic this week <laughs> is the unplayable cards of uh, this Unleashed Draft format. Uh, this was an idea that Vincent had. I think he said it as a joke, but we are running with it. So we took the uh, cards from our 7-win spreadsheet and found the least played cards. Uh, some of them have not showed up at all. A couple of them in uh, the single-digit numbers of the... Uh, 400 plus uh, deck lists we have, and we thought we'd talk about them. So welcome to the show again, Vincent. I appreciate you having me back. I'm surprised you had me back after the decay snafu. I tried to weasel my way out of these things, but here we are. Yeah, no, no, you were a a well-loved guest. In fact, I'm pretty sure multiple people said that they wanted you back on. So uh, here you are. Um, And well, my... I have an ultimate plan now. Now that people trust me, and we we have set up this uh, uh, most unplayable cards, I, I think maybe I can throw people off a little bit and uh, forward all the good cards for myself by saying they're bad. You think that'll work? Well, we'll see. Well, you did say in the last episode <laughs> that you thought almost every card has a place, and so I think this this episode is going to test that theory a little bit. Oh, good. I'm excited because that, that is a belief that I have. But okay. we, we will see. Hopefully, I'll be, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Yeah, maybe we'll see if there's <laughs> cards so bad in this set that uh, even you can't justify their existence. Well, for the record, I said almost every card. I didn't say every <laughs> single card. So, But yeah, almost every card. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then the other exciting thing that happened this week, I guess... Um, varying degrees of excitement, I guess, is um, they did have a live balance update uh, yesterday and did touch a few draft cards. So we'll talk a little bit about that, too. All right. Nice. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, have you done much drafting this week? Uh, no, I've actually been busy this week. I think I... I've done one and a half drafts. I had a a seven two with a very average film list. There wasn't much to it, um, but it got seven wins somehow. And I'm currently, I think I have a four zero going right now with a pretty good uh, minus deck. Oh, nice! Uh, I just I just haven't had the time to play too much this week. Yeah, no, that definitely happens. I've done a, a few drafts. I managed to. Um... Kinda, I didn't play much last week. I feel like, but then this week, I, I, I managed to get to masters in pretty quick order. I think it was just five drafts or so that I got to masters. So I, I was on a bit of a hot streak. It, uh, nice. as always, kind of cooled down <laughs> once once I hit masters, and I, I, I had some slower runs. Then, uh, you know, I was like having a really, I, I feel like I, to keep going back, it was a very streaky format for me. So I was, I had a bunch of good runs and then uh, two decks in a row. I just like kept having power struggles. It was like very infuriating. It was like I, uh, I had a, an Elysian list with 
splashing may be another color and I but I had 10 primal sources and just for the life of me I could not draw a double primal it was like <laughs> so bad yeah those things happen and definitely frustrating when they happen so I guess I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this podcast has been there this uh this time around this go around for this set yeah exactly all right so then uh how about we move right into card of the week all right we're gonna talk about uh my yeti it's not really my yeti um, i haven't played it that much and i have not played it successfully but i'm talking about homesick yeti it's a three cost one one in fire that when you play it it reduces the cost of the top card of your deck by one it has an ultimate when you play your fifth card in a turn it transforms into red the high roller red the high roller is a Three, three for three, but it, it transforms. You don't have to pay the cost. But at the start of your turn, play the top card of your deck and gain power this turn equals to its cost. Uh, and like I said during the last uh, last show, I watch in on a lot of people's drafts, and uh, I see a lot of people get in the pack four and they're like, "Hey, look, it's red. It's it's homesick Yeti," and they have this sweet, perfect list going. And then they screw it up in the pursuit of trying to chase Red the High Roller. Um, but it's so fun. It, it, it becomes a game within a game. Um, I know, uh, like, if you ever play Better Up and he plays the homesick Yeti, you can beat him pretty good and he won't care as long as he flips to Red the High Roller. That's his goal. That's his goal that game. He doesn't care if he wins or loses. Now he just wants to flip the red to high roller. And there's a you know a couple players out there like that. Uh, for them, it's just a game within the game. It's a very fun card. But uh, it's my card of the week. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting um, because I've had multiple people flip this on me, even though mm-hmm. I think it. when I read it, I, it feels nearly impossible. I will say the one thing going for it is that, uh, which I didn't realize at first is you know it says when you play your fifth card so it does count things like power cards or Mm -hmm. a really good one is granted in rescue which is um you know three cards in one so like you know play a power you play a granted in rescue and then all of a sudden you just need to play one more card and you can flip it yeah so it is like theoretically possible but it still seems very hard um, of the people I've seen do it, uh, Better Up and Theo, uh, the the Overmaster, World Champ, the Overmaster, uh, they're both very good at doing it. Um, uh, I watched Theo last week. Uh, he had, I think he picked this like pack one, pick one, and he built the most perfect uh, deck for it. Uh, I think five out of the seven games he played, he just flipped it and it, it wasn't removed. And it was playing the top cards off of his deck. I think somebody played the disciplinary studies on him. And so the top card of his deck had even gave him even more power because <laughs> uh, it was the second card drawn. And I don't know. It was, it was ridiculous. But anytime I try to do it, it's just a 1-1 one, one that dies. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, I know Cass um, kind of wish mentioned when he was talking about um, the, these draft changes that... Uh, because they did um, change, at least, um, sorry. Yeah, they did change questioning devotee, which is the time card in this cycle, so that it now costs three and its summon ability is optional. And he mentioned that he'd wish that red was touched because red is, 
I think pretty clearly the worst of the five in that it is so hard to flip. You know, I don't love the time one, but I do know that some people like it and think it's playable and pretty good, even in its old form. So I'm sure they're going to like it even more in its new form. Um, right. But so I, I do think red is universally held as the worst of the cycle, but they didn't touch it. But I think part of that is because it's kind of a dangerous card. You don't really want it to be too easy to flip. Um, and, and especially for constructed and stuff. So I, I think there's like a fine balance that needs to be sort of a, a needle that needs to be threaded with this card. I agree. I, I think it's good where it's at. Uh, I did see uh, a constructed deck made by Prakalak and he had it with uh, the, the witching hour in his list. And, you know, we lost a bunch of games trying to get it to do the thing. But we were able to flip it with abundance and uh, uh, something, a couple other cards. We were able to flip it and then play witching hour for free off the top of our deck. <laughs> that was worth it. You know, it was worth all that struggle trying to figure out how to make that work for one win out of about 20 out of about 20 games yeah yeah i i had an idea i never went through with it of like a praxis trove deck with the uh, red the high roller in it right um, because uh uh you know playing red um playing red and a power will flip red with praxis trove out if you have a Grenadin uh, or assembly line in your deck. Right, but I think another thing to think about with the card is, so yeah, you flip it, and it starts playing the top card off your deck, but what's it going to play off the top of your deck? If, if you're, and I mean, I could be wrong here, I'm not a constructed guru, but if you, if your deck's full of Grenadins, it's just going to play, you know, it's not going to play something bombie. You know yeah, I, mean? I know. That's kind of what you want it to do. Exactly, that's, uh, yeah, that's the problem, like... <laughs> I, the problem with that plan is if you spend so long trying to put all of these small ball cards to like um, help you, you know, you have to play cheap cards so you can play five of them. And then that means the cards you're flipping uh, are yeah. great. Unless you, unless you are red, the high roller, in which case, you know, right. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. So I think we'll, for mine, I just wanted to do a, a quick summary of the different changes that happened because there weren't actually uh, that many that uh, changed. There were a couple buffs. The hour cycle, which is the uncommon uh, relic cycle, were all buffed so that now it's pay five to sacrifice and it was pay six. So uh, those are clearly now better. I mean, I still think like the fire one is pretty useless. And then the other ones are now a bunch better. But it's still hard for me to imagine how that changes their pick order, per se. I know some people like these, but I, I don't love them as an early pick. Yeah, I agree. I don't really play them too often. If I'm trying to do the Grumbo thing, I might take the Grodov one. And if it costs five now, yeah, I guess I could, you know, if, if I happen to not pick up my... Uh, uh, oh, man, the 2-2 flyer that picks it up. Yeah, the just. <laughs> Yeah, Graviturgis. Maybe on turn five, I'm procking in this to make two Grumbos, three twos. I don't know. But yeah, still, I mean, sometimes I pick them. Most of the time, I don't. I think the Linry one's pretty good. Draw two cards for five late in the game if you're kind of stuck. There's been a lot of stalled board states. That's, that could be a good card. Yeah, no, I, I, really I, like 
Merwin. I, I think they all are, you know, pretty good. I mean, even the shadow one, you know, can kind of turn into a removal spell. Um, so I, I, I think they're all good. It's just they're committing because they're like, a, y- you know, you already need to be that color. So they're not helping you fix. They're just like giving you double influence of something. And so it should, they just seem too conditional to take early for me because they feel like a very committing card. Yeah, like I don't like the justice one, and that could be wrong, but it's just like a temporary effect for one turn that you're paying five for. And yeah. I kind of like the one where you're drawing the cards or buffing your units, and it's permanent. I like that. those two are okay in my book. Yeah, but I, I mean, I just think it's, I mean, it's like free because you already got your card back by drawing the justice <laughs> sigil. So I think they're very, sort of similar if you think about them, like the amplified pattern or power from a couple sets ago, like the Justice That's one. True. You know, just yeah. if you just think about it as like a Justice sigil with like Amplify 7, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, okay. Then you're like, oh, that's not so bad. Yeah. Um, all right. Then the other cards, I mentioned the Questioning Devotee. Uh, she now costs three, uh, and her summon ability is optional. So I think she gets better. Uh, because, you know, three cost, one one that bounces a unit and now is pretty good. And you can, and you don't have to screw up yourself, uh, you know, if you are the only, pe- if you're playing her to an empty board, but you already have a unit. So I, I think that makes her a bunch better. Then Rakano Adept, I think, is the big change. Rakano yeah, Adept. This is a big one. Yeah, you may not have ever noticed this card in the packs. Uh, it used to be uh, six cost Rakano colors, four, four. That says when you play a spell or weapon directly on Rakano Adept, it gets taunt this turn. It now costs five, so they lowered the cost by one. And also has a summon play a 2-2 Oni Grunt. So now for five cost, you're getting uh, six, six worth of stats over two bodies. And it still has its near useless ability to gain taunt <laughs> if you play a spell or weapon on it at slow speed. Um, so well, the, the interesting about this card is before this buff, this was a top candidate for an unplayable card. <laughs> uh, I, in my opinion, I, 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 I might have tried it once, but. Uh... And now it's definitely playable. In my, it's a, it seems like a pretty decent card. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The two bodies is great, and um, and being a cheaper cheaper cost now means you're more likely to you know I don't know be alive when you play it and have weapons and stuff in your hand. So. <laughs> and then the other uh, change is black books enforcer now costs four uh, instead of five cost. Yeah, that's great. I don't know why they did that, but I'm happy with it. That's that's a it's a good unit. It yeah, has a good ability, and it, it's cheaper, so it's great. I like feel like this has to um, be a constructed change because it was already very very playable in draft, and now it's going to be even more. <laughs> it's you know it was already like first pack one pick one worthy, and now it'll. You know, it's even better. Um, it's hard to know. I don't know if it changes its actual order in uh, in the Justice Uncommons ranking. It's just like it's just now a better card. 
Um, yeah, it's a good card. Yeah, and I don't know. Justice is a little bit more playable now. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know though. It's that's what's weird to me about the buff. If it was with any thought towards draft, is because like Justice's problems weren't that its uncommons weren't good enough. It's that its commons are are really bad, and this sort of just exacerbates it by making its uncommons even better, while its commons <laughs> are still very bad. And so it just like makes it it continues to make it even like, you know, exacerbate that divide and make it just it you know continues to just be very swingy. Um, it, it makes it easier to fall into the trap, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where you're where you either get really rewarded or really burned. Um, so. Right. So yeah, so those those are that. Yeah, let's go to our um, seven win breakdown. This is where we go over the uh, the spreadsheet we have from everyone submitting their seven win decks to uh, the Farming Eternal Discord or the email, which I am now once again checking and posting those links, so they are making it into the show. Um, we can take them as uh, we accept them as an exported deck list or an eternal war cry link and then uh yeah we put them in a spreadsheet and then we do a little bit of analysis on them uh that's how we got the information for this show is thanks to everyone who submitted a list and we haven't done a a name drop in a while but a bunch of people have been submitting names so i figured i would give them a shout out so uh first is uh angel miguel uh anonymous uba uh Shikaya, Thalion, Trogdor, Yum Yum 36, and Lucid Iguana. And then our veteran contributors are Abednego, Abarash, Aboss, Agent Dynamo, Alabazoo, Alex Fierro, Almost, Avgots, Beard Broken, Sizzle Steam, Comet, Cotillion, Darth Herman, D Dub, Frafa, Grundle, Gunner, uh, Hockle, Hats on Lamps, I'm So Bad, It Belong No, It's Fiendish, Jandy, Jed the Hammer, John Avon, John Holio. L.M. Damasi, Loam, Lord Perth, Madness, Marcus, Oldrich, Aloran, Out on a Limb, Patamaru, Phoenix, Raven Dragon, Rev Mev, Sleffer, Sniper Bob, SSJ, Spiffy Man, Steve Irwin, Tempest Dragon King, Titus and Blossom, Twin Hex, and Vincent. So thank you everyone for taking the time to submit a list to the spreadsheet. John, uh, John Holio, who does actually enter all the data for this, uh, just did another big data dump or you know deck list dump, and so we're now up to almost 540 lists. Uh, the the big uh, the most interesting thing uh, of note for me is that um, Shadow keeps moving up in and time keeps moving down. Uh, so uh, Shadow and uh, had a a good last 150 decks or so. And so Shadow, if you include Splashes, now actually has surpassed Time as uh, the third most common color in the spreadsheet, which is kind of shocking to me. I've been a long proponent of saying that Shadow is not that bad, but I feel like when you just like look at the commons, you're like, wow, Time's commons are like a lot better than Shadow's, but um, Shadow is now has more decks in the spreadsheet than time does. Shadow has good removal and it has some cheap units. And yeah. So, you know, people are probably exploring the space a little bit and finding it, you know, it's not that bad. Yeah. And I, I think it just helps also that, you know, 
at least among our contributors, there is a fair number of a fair bit of splashing going on and shadow splashes much better than time does. And so like of our 539 decks, 212 of them have shadow in it, but six, a further 69 have shadow as a splash while time only has uh, 26 decks that it splashed in. Um, you think that's because of frenzy? Like, it's like I can't think of any time frenzy uh, capabilities, but shadow has cheap frenzy enablers, right? Yes. So, if you're trying to do the frenzy thing in a couple of different colors, that uh, picking some of these shadow cards that uh, allow you to proc frenzy, uh, this is kind of the way to go. So it makes it a good splash. Yes, and I I also think it's one of those things where like. You know, our, our second most popular color pairing is Elysian. And, you know, like, those are the kind of, like, Elysian's the kind of deck where you might want a, a Bust Out or a Xenon Adept or something like that. And so I could see that, you know, Shadow being splashed in those decks where you kind of, you're like, what is time really adding as a splash? Because its most powerful things in this format are its, units which you know like a happy harvester is not a great splash you know grumbo can be okay but you know or a platoon can be okay but a platoon's really at its best when you're doing things like bouncing it back and giving it plus one plus one and doing things like that and so i you know it, it makes sense to me yeah that makes sense to me too especially like uh, like you said brought up the adept that's a good uh, late game card that you can play and you should be able to find a shadow sigil or a source of shadow by seven, and so yeah, I can see where that's things like that make it uh, more splashable. But yep. your time units, all your your you're trying to play the big beefy boys. A lot of them have double time influence, so it makes them even harder to splash. So exactly, this information makes sense. Yeah, and then our top colors, uh, kind of the same as when we had our draft overview. Uh, Skycrag continues to be the number one deck, uh, followed by Elysian. Uh, and then there's a little bit of a gap to uh, Felm. And then we have um, the third deck is us. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and then the fourth deck is uh, Stone Scar. And then there's just like a, a huge drop off to uh, the sort of next tier, which is uh, all about the same of uh, Cambrai. Uh, Cambre, Huru, and uh, Praxis, and Xenon are all, you know, a tier. And then the final decks are Rakano and Argentport as our least popular color pair. And uh, I feel like that is only going to be more true with uh, one of the draft changes that we didn't mention, which is uh, Poacher's Menagerie was nerfed. So now it costs double fire or double justice, double shadow. Yay! Yeah, making it harder <laughs> to splash, uh, except for you know certain sickos out there like John Folio, who's gonna put it, still put it in his three or four color decks, I imagine. So I think we'll move on to our main topic, which, as I said, is going over the unplayable cards because on this podcast, you know. Uh, long-time listeners will know that the thing we love to do most is to make lists of cards and throw out a bunch of numbers uh, that really goes over well in podcast form. Really, I think, really helps 
you know, really uh, quality podcasting content. So um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go over all the um, the the top five uh, least played commons and uncommons for all the colors. And uh, hopefully this won't take forever because as uh, clearly uh, as shown by the title of this episode, they're unplayable. So how much could we <laughs> possibly have to say on all these cards? We, we shall see. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we'll start with uh, the fire commons. So the top... Fire Common is Harness Thrillseeker, which uh, has 183 copies in the spreadsheet, just to give you a point of reference. Um, this is in comparison to the uh, the two cards that are show up the least in the spreadsheet, and that's Point Blank and Riot Flame. And I'm gonna, I don't have all of these, I'm gonna do a lot of these from memory, so excuse me if there's a part uh, off or not. But uh, Point Blank is the uh, one-cost fast spell that gives a unit uh, Taunt and Quick Draw. And then Riot Flame is the seven-cost um, fast spell that deals four damage to a unit and four damage to face. And it might not be fast. Uh, I don't think Riot Flame is fast. Yeah. And I don't think Point Blank is fast either. That might kind of defeat the purpose of it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Point. Oh, my gosh. Disastrous start to this uh <laughs> this that's topic. okay we got it straight we yeah. got it straightened out and uh and i agree with this assessment these <laughs> cards in my opinion suck i'm trying to think if i've seen people use riot flame successfully against me and i was like man that guy just played riot flame and that sucks but <laughs> i would never pick it or play it yeah i i think part of the problem is just the the four the four damage thing if this did five to both it would be much better better or maybe not much better but like if you could kill like a big time unit like a terrazon or something with it you know if it was closer to like hoof stomp and in its uh main mode that would be that would be great for the card but like four is just kind of a weird a weird spot and to spend seven on that is a lot even if you're doing four damage especially because fire as we've learned and talked about on this podcast has so much reach in this format you know you're just able to do so much damage that it's you don't really need this as your top end i agree it's just kind of sitting in your hand and you're either winning because your other fire cards are doing really good work and you this took up a spot in your deck it could have been something else yeah or i don't know i just don't like the seven cost on it it's it costs way too much exactly and, you know, so, like, I've played it in, in, especially early in the format when, you know, things were a little bit more confusing and and sometimes I would, like, be low on playables. Then I was like, oh, let me try a Riot Flame in here. But, yeah. But it is kind of surprising because, uh, you know, uh, a, a card <laughs> that I consider even less playable is further down or up, depending on how you look at it, on this list. But, uh Next card on the list is Accordion, which is the one-cost uh, weapon that gives plus one, plus one, and then has Contract 1, Exhaust an enemy unit with less attack uh, than the wielder, or less strength. Yeah, so this is kind of interesting. You know, you would expect the set 12 cards to occur less than the set 13 cards because you only get one pack of it. Um, so you can kind of multiply this number by three. Uh, so shouldn't necessarily be at the bottom of the list. But this is, I think, a bad but playable card. So Yeah, I agree. It's 
pretty bad. I mean, you have Crasher that does a better job of this, and it only costs one more technically, uh, and it could attack in the same turn. So, uh, accordion. I mean, I'm not saying it's unplayable, but uh, it's not a pick that I would make. Yeah, I do wonder if like maybe a card. Like, if Rakano Adept does get more playable, like, Accordion's kind of cute with Rakano Adept, where, you know, you make Rakano Adept into, like, a slow-speed crasher, where you, you know, you, uh, you, the Rakano Adept becomes a 5-5, five five, and then you exhaust the, you know, like, one of their units, and so you force them to block with, with the unit you want to kill, and then you attack in with your Rakano Adept. So I, I think that might be interesting so i wonder if uh accordion could possibly go up in stock because there just aren't a ton of weapons and so you kind of have to make do with cards like accordion yeah with so many uh, of the the three threes uh, i can't think of the name of the card uh when it has plus uh four more attack it gets quick draw i mean it seems like maybe people would pick this more but there's so many weapons um, uh, in the other set that... Are there that uh, many weapons in total? I don't think there's that many weapons. Well, there's one I see often. I often see Concealed Derringer. And again, it's not... It's not a, the, it's not a super great card, but it's not awful. Um, it, it's good to play on that unit. What's the name of the unit I'm talking about? Sharpshooter. Uh, Sharpshooter, yes, thank you. Um, that, that's a better alternative. It's a little bit cheaper. And uh, you, you want to play it on like Fell in the Depths or Flyers with Aegis or Sharpshooters, things like that. So that might be another reason people are taking some other weapons uh, in the earlier packs. And then when they get to pack three, which is where you really find the good stuff, you don't really want to pick up an accordion. Yeah, exactly. You want to pick up your bonds. Exactly. All right, then uh, the fourth uh, fire common is Cleave which is the uh, two-cost uh, spell, slow speed, that says kill an enemy attachment and deal three damage to the enemy player. And yeah, you know, five people have managed to get seven wins with this deck, with this card in their deck. I would never play it. There just aren't that many attachments. <clears throat> and uh, the fact that you need to have an attachment on board in order to deal three damage or play this card uh, just makes it seem way too conditional, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say the uh, the pre-nerf menagerie craze is what made people start playing this card. Um, <laughs> because people just hated losing the menagerie, so they threw this card in the deck, and those five people right there, they got seven wins, were successful. They were they're menagerie haters that worked. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Cleave worked for them. <laughs> Or, you know, I, when you get when you're talking about this low a number, you could imagine five decks that have a cleave in them that never draw a cleave. Um, you know, so that's the thing with these really low numbered is, you know, it doesn't mean they're they're good or playable in a deck. It just means that, you know, just because they got to they were in a seven win deck doesn't mean that they're a good card. It just means that someone might have put it in their deck and never drawn it. I would I would say that this is probably I'm trying to think of do I really want to hang my name on this is unplayable. It's an unplayable card. <laughs> it's, it's got too much of a condition tied to it. And it's a lot of times it's just a dead card, either in your hand or taking up space in your deck. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this uh next uh, the the fifth card on this list is a uh, grappling hook, which is the five fire two two weapon. Summon the wielder gets taunt this turn. 
This is pretty interesting, I think, being so low on the list because I do know that people, some people like this card and consider it playable. Hats, uh, I did a card of the week about this card, about watching someone draft six of these on a stream and him wondering why they would want to do such a thing. Uh, but I, I do think this is a playable card that maybe either people aren't giving enough respect and putting it in their deck and getting seven wins with it, or maybe it's a little bit overhyped and, you know, I don't know. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. I, I don't think it's unplayable, but I don't think you should be drafting six in your deck either. I mean, I I don't want to pay six for it. That's That's my only thing. I just don't want to pay that much, so... Um, but there's a space for it. Yeah, it, it costs could, five. It could be useful. Yeah, yeah, I just don't want to pay oh, yeah. five. I don't want to pay that much for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky because when it's good, it's really good. And it's been very good against me. But I have two in my current um, uh, Skycrag deck. And I've now won multiple games where it's been dead in my hand. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, I just... You're like, yay! <laughs> I have, yeah, I have a, it could have been another card. Exactly, and so I, I just have trouble getting this card to be as good as it is sometimes against me, which is, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, I'm always scared I'm going to two for one myself too. You know, so you want to put it on something with Aegis, or maybe people just use it as a removal. You know, throw it on this and then attack, and you have to block it, and your their unit dies. I don't know. But, I don't, I don't want to pay five and then two for one myself because yeah. that sucks. Yeah, exactly. All right. So then the uncommons. Um, uncommons are pretty interesting. We'll just um, do the first few. Uh, so the number one uncommon in fire is uh, Darkheart Acolyte. Uh, I think no surprises there. Uh, this is our first uh, no-show in our 7-win spreadsheet. Uh, the, the worst fire uncommon is loaded toss which is the uh two cost spell um you scout and then draw a card and then if that card costs seven or more you create and draw another loaded toss <laughs> uh yeah the card's bad <laughs> and uh, i can't think of all the games i've watched i don't think i've seen anybody play this card yeah, you know, it's funny. I did hear on the main Discord Northern Polarity once, you know, not say this was a good card, but like that people underrate this card. But every time I read this card, I just like cannot imagine wanting to play this in my deck. Like if you're just like comparing this at your two cost draw spell to like aerial deployment or something, <laughs> you're just like, this is like... You get the scout and then draw a card, but even that's like really tough at two. And in a fire in a fire deck, you're just never drawing another copy. And even if you drew another copy, you don't really want to spend four to do that in your fire decks. I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah, me either. It's over my head. Somebody probably has put together some crazy list where it's uh, like unbeatable, and I just haven't figured it out yet. But. I I, I don't draft this card. It's an easy pass. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, I mean, I guess I could imagine, like, if you just had so many bombs in your deck that you just wanted to find, you know, maybe you just play a loaded cost as, as a way to sort of cycle through your deck. But it's just a very niche thing that, you know, none of our uh, submitters <laughs> 
have have managed to get to seven wins yet with it. All right. Uh, the next card is Raise and um, Twin Barrel, both with one copy. So Raise is a set um, a set twelve card. So again, that's you know we only see one pack of that. So you'd expect these to be a little bit lower. But that's the three fire fire deal four damage to an enemy player or site. When you play a hero, you may discard a card to draw rays from your void. And <laughs> I saw I saw better up do something crazy with this. He played he had rays and he had Krivia. The it's a four two for four fire charge. Play a zero one sheep when you play it. And at the end of your turn you return it to your hand. And he beat somebody pretty handedly just by playing rays and playing Krivia, then throwing the card, getting rays back, and then Krivia went back to his hand. It's so stupid. But uh, it worked for him. But that's the only time I've seen it work. I'm not sure if that can be replicated. Yeah, no, that that's a, t a tough combo to assemble. It is, I mean, I have lost to this card. Four damage is a lot, and there are kind of burn-heavy decks. So people do play this, but again, this is not my kind of card. It is, it's also like fire-fire, so it's even a little harder to cast. Um, so it's not a great card. But, I, you know, I... And people aren't really playing it, but I have seen it played at least. Uh, Twin right. Barrel is kind of an interesting card. <clears throat> That's the three cost weapon. It gives a unit plus zero plus zero, but it gives it double damage. Yeah, it's an interesting card. I haven't seen many people playing it. And uh, it, it probably has a space somewhere with some Flying Aegis units, but I don't know. That's... I don't think it's great, and uh, I think it's probably rated about where it should be. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you you kind of want this on an evasive unit like a flyer, and then they often don't have a lot of high attack, so it's not doing a ton of extra damage. And paying three to gain no extra attack is uh, is is quite a lot. Um, especially with the chance of getting two for one if you don't have like Aegis or something. Right, there's definitely better options out there. All right, and then uh, the next two are Blighted Pasture, which is another burn spell that <clears throat> that does five damage uh, from set twelve, and then Chakram Throw, which is continues to be shocking to me how much worse uh, a Chakram is at six cost even though it's often viewed as like an a not maybe not a bomb but a very good card when it's four cost yeah that is kind of weird it's even fast at six cost but again you know it costs six yeah and, you know sometimes you struggle to find power you just don't want to play stuff like that in your deck yeah blighted so, pasture I've, I've played blighted pasture in a couple of my decks and i mean it's probably rated where it should be, but when I've played it, it's been good. I'm not telling everybody to go out and draft all the blighted pastures that they see, but uh, the, there are a lot of burn decks out there, and then there's a lot of life steal on the other side, or some life steal that, that uh, it has a space where it could be useful if you're trying to kill somebody quick. Yes, no, I I agree, and it kind of falls in the same space as Ray's, you know, just as you know, blighted yeah, pasture does one more, also I think costs one more. Um, but yeah, cool. So we'll move on to time. Uh, time, the top common is uh, Happy Harvester with 176 copies. Um, 
it's it also has a no show in it uh and this which is very surprising for a common um because you know they're common so you definitely see them every draft and often you're forced to play some but it's uh uncommon that's a no show is maybe the worst card from set 12 and that's in burden at least in the common and uncommon slot and that is like the six cost bounce spell that forces your opponent to get debt i don't know you don't need to read it it's a horrible card it's a uh, three debt yes. <laughs> it's awful <laughs> this is unplayable we can put that on the list it's definitely unplayable yeah i agree it is just so expensive for what it does all right, the uh, next card on the list is Viper's Bite. Kind of an interesting card. I do know some people uh, do like this card, but yeah, it's just very expensive for a combat trick that doesn't. Well, yeah, it's just like a removal spell for four. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, if this was, like, if you have some overwhelm units, I, I can't think of a situation where it's great. You know what I mean? But I, I guess maybe if you had some overwhelm units attacking and you could push some lethal. I don't know. It's not worth it. It's it's not very playable. There's probably small space for it, but it's probably seated about where it should be. It's uh, not very playable. Yeah. Yeah, I think the where it's most played playable is... I've seen it so little. I actually didn't realize that the Deadly was permanent. And so someone did actually play it against me and then played it on like a 2-5 or something and then gave it, you know, killed my unit because they played it uh, at fast speed. And then they just had like a 2-5 deadly blocker, which was very yeah. hard to attack into. Yeah, that's true. That could be a good use. Yeah. I don't know. So there's I'm something. Gonna skip it. <laughs> yeah. There's something like that out there, possibly. But you're, again, um, you know, I think you just play it if you're so late on removal. You just need some way um, <laughs> to get things off the board. Right. Okay. Next card's my favorite card. I yeah. love this card. Yeah. Next card is Decay. Uh, this is kind of like Cleave. It's uh, another one of the attachment removal in uh, this format. It's oh, three calls, fast spell, the, right. uh, kill an enemy attachment, and gain three life. Yeah, exactly. So at least this one's fast. But again, we talked about just like anything that kills an attachment is so situational in this format. Not not a huge fan. Well, that's what you think. I, I love this card. It's my <laughs> favorite card. Uh, I've petitioned to have it renamed Decay by Vincent. Um, I want it to be everywhere and everyone should play it. Thank you. All right. And then the next two <laughs> cards. Uh, at three copies in our spreadsheet, we have Strike It Rich, which is the three-cost fast spell. Your units get plus one, plus one this turn. If you have three or more uh, units, gain three life. Awful. Yeah, awful. I actually had like a deck really early on where I used this successfully a couple times. Really? Yeah, but I, it's, it's so bad. There's just... <laughs> There's just so many better ways to give units plus one, plus one in this format. I do wish that it it was more like field medic. So if you had like 12 units, you gain 12 life or something. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I think it'd be obviously uh, a bunch better that way. But it being capped on three just makes it feel bad, I think. So yeah, I, this is not... I, 
I did once say something positive about this card on the podcast, but uh, it's not a great card. <laughs> did it come back to haunt you? Did you get lit up? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I just, you know, like, then I drafted it again, and it stopped working as well. And I was like, oh, this is not a great card. I reevaluated. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and then uh, number five, uh, we have four copies of this. This is Lucky Prospector. This is the uh, one time one one endurance plus two plus two while you have a relic. I've seen this card do some stuff in a couple of games. Uh, it's not great. There's some relics out there, so it could be. I'm not. It's not unplayable. Like you can play this card. It's not uh, top tier, but it costs one. I saw somebody play this card and they buffed it to like a, a a five strength, a four strength, or a five strength, and then they played the valley card, and they just played nine of these on the board, nine uh, five fives for one apiece. It was pretty stupid. But that's the best it could probably ever be. That will never be replicated. Don't try it at home. But again, I don't think it's completely awful. You can you can play this card, in my opinion. Yes. Yes, I, I mean, I get I agree it is theoretically playable. I've had a couple people in the last week or two play like three of these against me in a game, mm -hmm. and that can be problematic. But I think this card just it require. I don't know. I'm not a, a fan of this card because I'm not a fan either. I don't want to. I don't want to go on record saying I'm a fan. I just. I don't think it's unplayable. I don't think it's uh, loaded toss. You know what I mean? No, I I agree. I just my problem with cards like this is like, in the ideal scenario, you play this on one on turn two, you play a relic, um, and then you have a three three on turn two with endurance, which is very strong. That's if you have the perfect hand. If you're even if you play this on turn one, like assuming in a normal game you don't get a re relic till turn six or seven, like how important is a three three endurance on on turn six or seven? It's just like the stat line just like drops off so much in the late game, and that's when you're more likely to have drawn your two card combo. Right. At the same time, I think if you're if you're drafting a deck and you got some, you know some relics in there, and you get to pack four and you're short in one and two drops, and you see one or two of these, you might be like, eh, I'll try it out. We'll see if I can make it work. And maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. It yeah. worked for four people. Yeah, that's about it. Or it may <laughs> be worked for one person with four of them in it. <laughs> True. All right. I was. That's Andy B. Yeah. Andy B did that. I see. I see him play that. I see Andy B play this card a lot, and uh, he's beat me with it a couple times. Oh yeah, he's destroyed me with it. It's ridiculous, but um, they do draft it quite a lot. Um, all right, uncommons. The number one uncommon, like we said, was Insatiable Bug, which has fifty-eight copies, uh, compared to the least played uncommon, which is Resettle, the zero cost spell that says each unit you played this turn gets plus one plus one um i mean i've seen some good players play this card like with grumbos uh, i haven't seen it often but i've seen people pick up a grumbo and then put it back down put three of them back down and then play resettle immediately afterward and it was tough to deal with or vice versa so i don't know i mean i, I wouldn't play it i could see why it's rated where it's at but uh, I don't think it's completely unplayable. No, I agree. I mean, I, I am surprised that zero people have won with it because it 
maybe it, you know it feels like it could be a playable card in this format but like i mentioned um with strike it rich there's just better ways to give right. a, a unit plus one plus one in this format to require something that has such big timing restrictions i agree yeah that sounds right sounds accurate yeah like especially now that the hours are buffed you'd like much rather have an hour than a resettle <laughs> because you could play all your cards and then buff them as compared to requiring you to have all these cards to play and this in your hand yeah it's exactly like you just said with like lucky prospect or things the stars have to line up too for it to be to do something yeah. and then you know if you're behind and you're top decking and you top deck a resettle you're probably not a happy camper yes exactly uh then the next is uh binding agreement and sindan's bracers both with one copy and yeah, um, those are rough <laughs> yeah binding agreement is the eight cost time time uh put your hand on the bottom of your deck draw cards until you draw two non-power cards with the same cost so i have no idea how much how many cards you draw on average with this card but eight is a, a lot to pay <laughs> yeah that's kind of where i'm at i've never played this card because it cost eight and uh, so I'm not sure how great it works. Uh, 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 it's borderline unplayable, I would think. I don't know. I guess we'd have to get more information. Maybe somebody that's uh, listening to the podcast and has played this card can shed some light on uh, uh, in in the chat for us. Let us know what's going on. But I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that great. Yeah. And then Sindane's Bracer, I think, is just a victim of the fact that there is a card that does. Uh, the same thing, you know, being a three cost plus one maximum power that's at common in set 13. And then also set 12 being so powerful, you're not really wanting to pick cards like Sindane's Bracer. Yeah, there's not a lot of heroes, I, I think. I don't believe there's enough heroes to no, really do, do what he wanted to do. So Yeah, because there's no more uncommon heroes at um, in set 13. That's just in set 12. Yeah, so you're spot on with your assessment. Yeah. Then uh, another, uh, I think the next card on the list, next two cards, kind of interesting. These are both also set um, uh, 13 cards with two copies each is Disciplinary Studies and Hot Hands. I, I like Disciplinary Studies. Um, I mean, it's it's an average card. I think it's playable. Um, especially in the you know unleash format, um, you, you don't always have to pay the extra cost contracted to draw a card. Just playing it and shutting down uh, some unleash sometimes does the trick. But sometimes you know if you're not if you're playing against a frenzy deck, it doesn't do anything. So, uh, but I don't know. I don't think it's unplayable. I think it's uh, middle of the road playable. Yeah, I. I... I just I think the fact that cards like this consistently show up as the least played cards uh, makes sense and kind of shows just how not I, I agree I don't want to call it unplayable but like how sneakily bad these cards are because like it's a card where you're like oh I can justify its existence in this format because you know, it's like people who talk themselves into cleave and decay, where you're like, oh, 
there are some really heavy hitting attachments that I want to destroy. So let me put this card that doesn't do much on its own into my deck. And then uh, this is the same thing where disciplinary studies just isn't that good if your opponent is just playing, you know, one card a turn. And if they're powerful cards, you, you know, you've just wasted a whole card to do that. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of why I think it's middle of the road. It works against some decks. People that are trying to recur stuff from the void or yeah. unleash or, you know, people that happen to be the lucky ones to get all the wind vogue out of, uh, pack, out of pack three. But yeah that's what sounds about about right yeah and then this is another uh lucky card uh that's hot hands which is the two time spell give one of your units plus one plus one when it hits the enemy player this turn draw a card and kill an enemy attachment yeah that's i feel like that one's unplayable <laughs> and again that was a people playing this i think was a byproduct of menagerie and people just like i'm not going to lose the menagerie and uh, it wasn't played a lot, but I've saw people playing it. I've saw people kill Menagerie with it, but wonder if their deck would have been better if it was just a different card. Yeah, I mean, I think this one, I see, I would almost switch this around where I could imagine decks that do play this card. Like, if you have a lot of, if you're like an Elysian deck with a lot of flyers, you know, just giving your, you know, your 2-3 Aegis unit plus one, plus one, and drawing a card seems fine for two cost you know what i mean but you just need to have the kind of units that are guaranteed to be able to hit the enemy player this turn and then yes. then the kill and attachment is almost like this one the nice thing about this one is the kill and attachment is a bonus it's not required unlike the other cards that's true. I just haven't had. I don't even know. I'm sure I've played it somewhere maybe once, but yeah. it, it doesn't strike a chord with me to make me want to play it again. Yeah. And then also, you know, cards that draw a card just can only Typical have so game. low of a floor. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. All right. And then talk uh the the hero from set uh third uh set 12 has three copies in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right then, justice. Uh, you know the top justice common, not a ton of them. Uh, that's Covenant Peacekeeper at eighty-four copies. Um, so less than half as many Happy Harvesters as we see uh, Covenant Peacekeepers, but also the worst uh, justice cards, not great either. So uh, the the no show so far again is a set twelve a set twelve card and that's keep your distance so it's the uh, four cost uh, fast spell and it prevents uh, damage from an enemy unit and then if that enemy unit dies it gives it void bound uh, so this is just like a way worse version of some of the time effects that do this and so it was it was unplayable in set twelve and I think it's still unplayable in set thirteen. I agree. It is the, its unplayableness has carried over to this set. <laughs> it is very bad. Yeah. All right, then uh, the next one continues to be a set 12 card, and that's Prize Fighter, which is the four cost 3-3, uh, three, three, and then if you play a weapon on it, it gains lifesteal for the turn. Uh, this one's a little bit surprising in the sense that you could imagine a four cost 3-3 three, three, uh, being semi-playable, like there's uh, there's the four cost three three justice common in this set, 
and it's not a great card, but you're forced to play it sometimes. I think this is more of a factor that that card exists, and because this is set 12, you're hoping to get better cards than Prize Fighter out of your packs. Yeah, I agree with that. Even last set, you know, this card got a, a bad name. You know, people didn't want to play it. It's so conditional. You have to play a weapon on it each turn to really gain life from it. So it wasn't great. And you, I believe you're right in saying that there's another 4-cost 3-3 in this format. And you can do something with it at fast speed to make it a 6-6. So that kind of makes it a little bit better. Yes, exactly. All right, and then we have uh, two set 13 cards with two copies each. Uh, Counting Room, uh, which is the one cost justice cursed relics as units and attachments can't leave the enemy void. Summon, gain two armor. And Lab Minion, which is the one cost zero three summon scout. <laughs> I've played two Counting Rooms in the deck recently. It was a Skyline deck, and my first two games, I was 2-0. and oh. I played... Two counting rooms, and uh, I think I played three skylines both those games. I'm like, man, I was wrong. This card's great. Then I lost three. The card's pretty bad. <laughs> I don't think it's very playable. Yeah, uh, and I agree. I think you should only put this card in your deck if you're doing something with, like, skylines or with consuming greed. And even then, you're not doing this because it's a great idea. You're doing it for necessity. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, lab minion when people play lab minion on me i'm like yes i just won thank you because I, I think it's a pretty bad card as well i always think somebody's gonna do something with it though like they're gonna, like i played the lab minion and then they're gonna put this big weapon on it and i'm like oh my god they figured it out they yeah or nope. like realize potential you know turn it into a lucky prospector of sorts or something but they don't they just play a lab minion and then it uh, i win the game so yeah and i, I keep think playing lab minions please yeah and, you know, like this, you know, this is like, you can see how few of the cards are, are units in these lists. I mean, there have been a couple units, but like the fact that a one cost unit is on the list just like shows how bad this card is. Because like units are kind of a commodity in this format. And so if there are units out there that people aren't winning with, I think that says something about the unit. Yeah, I agree. All right, and then last call is uh, is also on the list, and this is the Justice Seven Cost spell, and it says it does a ton of stuff. <clears throat> it's a seven cost. It stuns an enemy unit, gives one of your units plus three plus three life steal and taunt this turn. I've seen people play this successfully, and I've heard arguments out there amongst the chatters. It's a decent card. Um, I just don't want to pay its cost, uh, which is a reoccurring theme with me. I, I just don't want to pay that much for it. So if it is a good card, I'm not going to be able to find out because I don't want to pay that much. Yeah, and and I think it, you know cards that cost this much are just hurt because you can only put so many of them in your deck. Um, but yeah, you know, there's been five copies of it, so it's not totally unplayable. But and it does so much, but just seven is a lot to you know. Yeah. And you just, it sucks to have a card like this in your hand that requires you to have a board and then to die with it in your hand. Correct. And then, you know, I'm trying to think about a scenario. Like if you have a, a large board state and you play it, 
and you swing in, uh, they have to block it. It didn't really do much. You might have gained some life, but I don't know. You just spent seven to gain a little bit of life, and the board state's still kind of the same, and I, I don't know. I don't think it's that great. Yeah. All right. Then the uncommons, the, the top justice uncommon, uh, obviously aerial deployment with 60 copies. Uh, the uh, two uncommons aren't haven't shown up at all, and that's better than ever, which is the the zero cost spell that says each unit you played this turn gets a random battle skill and then also gold plate revolver which is the one cost plus one plus one weapon that gives an additional plus two plus two if the uh, wielder is a hero which uh it will not be a hero because there are very few heroes <clears throat> for you to be playing and you probably won't be playing this in your deck so it's not going to happen because I think just like accordion, this these one cost weapons that just give plus one plus one just aren't a big enough effect often. I agree. And then better than ever is just too random and too little of an effect. Or a, a random, I think, on average, getting a random battle skill is worse than giving a unit plus one plus one. Yeah, especially if it's like reckless. Yeah, <laughs> you're like no, yeah. All right, and then uh, the next uh, two are both uh, from set 12. Uh, with two copies is Realize Your Potential, which is the uh, cost. It's kind of like the Black Book Enforcer effect. It uh, gives a unit, it makes a unit have uh, parallel stats and gives it Aegis. Um, and then Roosting Griffin, which is the seven cost uncommon. Uh, that's a 5-4 flyer that gives your units invulnerable when it attacks. So both of these also do not show up very often. Right. And I think, you know, plus your potential is pack three, so it's hard to find anyway. And then there's just better options. And Griffin, Griffin just costs too much. Yeah. And I, I think Griffin's a playable card. It's just expensive. And it's an uncommon, and you just have one chance to see it, so you're just very unlikely to see these. I agree. All right. And then Steel Golem, uh, which is the uh, two-cost one-one, with double damage. Yeah, it's just not statted well enough. I yeah. mean, the two cost is fine, but mm -hmm. it's a 1-1. One, one. There's so many 1-1 one, one pings and one uh, X-1 removal. Yes. I don't think it was really great last set either, so it's, it's where it should be. Exactly. All right, on to Primal. Primal, uh, top common is uh, Thunder Pop with uh, 209 copies. So actually, I did this list before this uh, these last hundred decks in. So I did... <laughs> so now it's up to one thousand copies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <just> actually, <laughs> the big thing is uh, Glider has overtaken Thunder Pop as oh, the, wow. as the most common uh, primal com. You know, the 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 most popular common. Uh, you know, they're very close, so it's just like interchangeable. Um, yeah. Which one? Which one is is the most right now? But a. It is pretty interesting that you know that the a six cost uh, card is the top. Uh, you, you know, it shows that you, people will play a six cost card if it it does enough. And uh, I've seen people play like five or six of these. And I know. Like, they get to turn six, and there's there's like glider, glider, glider. You're like man, I know. Seem to work for them. Yeah, I know. I get to turn five, or I get to turn ten at five power and then just die with all these gliders in hand. But <laughs> <clears throat> all right. So Primal has a bunch of one cost cards. 
uh, on this list. Uh, the first one is uh, Little Brother, which just has one copy. So someone did play a Little Brother in their list, <laughs> and it is a one cost one one. When Little Brother damages a unit, stun that unit. So uh, <laughs> it's a pretty bad card. I'd say it's unplayable, but someone has proved me wrong. Yeah, I guess if you have a flash flood in in if you have like five flash floods, I could imagine even then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm stretching to find something. Yeah, I think if Maybe you're if just you've got big brother and you just wanted a couple more little brothers just to make sure that uh, you hit the the enemy so you could silence big brother. Maybe. Nah, but probably not. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think it's just maybe you were so aggressive, you just wanted a, a one drop in your hand. But even then, I imagine that maybe they were drafting and they had so many different colors. And then when they finalized the deck, they're like, man, we got to play this little brother. <laughs> and that's kind of where they ended up. And they're such a good player that they got seven wins with it. Yeah, we're never joy. All right. And then next with four copies, a little bit of a jump is jump is slip away which is the five uh cost fast spell that says stun two enemy units and scout yeah i haven't played this card and i've seen it played a couple times it, it might be good i don't know I'm, I'm trying to think of i think it could be good yeah i mean i think I the main problem with it is that you know this is cost three before just without the scout and it's like hard to feel like scout is worth it's just expensive. Yeah, and, I agree. And yeah. which is why I haven't played it because I don't want to pay five. But I could see a scenario where you're holding it in your hand and you know aggroing your opponent a little bit, and then they take that block set up. It's fast spell, I believe. So in the turn, you could stun them up and then get in for lethal. But I don't know. It, I can't tell if it's gonna if it should be good or not. Yeah. All right, then next is uh, Check Raise, which is the one-cost Primal Primal uh, spell that negates or counters an enemy spell unless the enemy plays or pays three power. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think of this card? Yeah, I actually have played it once or twice. Uh, if I don't, if I don't have a backlash in my deck, and I'm a, the kind of deck that wants an effect like that, I have played check raise before, but it's it just falls off so much in the late game that it's still it's a little bit of a scary card. It's just like you have to draw it early, and then it can be very good. Right, yeah, you're giving them the option to, and when they have enough power to deal with it, it, it like you said, it does nothing. I'd much rather have backlash because you also get two points of damage off backlash. Yeah, I do. I do believe counter spells are, uh, are, and maybe they're good in every format, but they're definitely good this format. There's a lot of spells out there, and a lot of tricks, and people try to line up lethal, holding a trick, and uh, you know, some of these things can counter them. But I prefer backlash over check raise. Yeah, and you know, like, and we're also getting into you know, there's eight copies, so this is definitely not an unplayable card. People are playing it. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. It's not unplayable. All right, and then these next two cards are Frostpact Sprite, which is the one cost one one uh, from set twelve. It's a flyer, and then you can contract four to uh, s stun an enemy unit while. Uh, 
while Frostpack Sprite is on the board. Yeah, I think this card's okay. It obviously looks like some people have had success with it. Um, I don't think it's ever right to play it early and then contract yourself out of your mind um, to stun something, because then they remove it, and then you still have all this debt, and then you're getting behind on the board. But maybe it could be you know, pretty decent. It's probably been its best late game to uh, set something up to get some damage in on the enemy or if your opponent. Yeah, I I mean I think it's kind of crazy to play in this format with bow being one of the best weapons in the format, one of the best cards in the format. This is just dies to so many things. To spend five on this effect is yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not a long term answer to a problem yeah. that your opponent has. It's more of a short turn. Uh, how do I get around this thing for a turn? Yeah, and so it can just be a huge tempo loss. All right, and then the uh, fifth card is Thudrock's Ruse, which is uh, the uh, three-cost spell that plays a 5-5 five, five, uh, snowman that dies if it takes damage or deals damage. So it's kind of like a ground-based removal spell that can sometimes go face. I mean, it's definitely playable. People play it. It's like a removal spell, like you said, but I don't think it's neither great nor bad. It's just uh, an average card. Yes. All right, and then on to the uncommon. So the top uh, primal uncommon is Flash Flood, which is uh, uh, which has 70 copies. And then we have another no-show, and that is Stoke Ambition, which is the... <laughs> uh, well, I need to... This is another one of those cards that I, I believe it is to... a two-cost slow spell. Um, turn the uh, card of a non-power card in the, uh, in the opponent's hand into... Uh, uh, a seek power. Yes. Again, this is, you know, this is card disadvantage because you are spending a card and they are not losing a card. You know, obviously they are, they're, yeah, they're not, they're not discarding a card. So it can be powerful. You know, you feel like this is kind of like exploit, but it's not. No, I think it, it fixes your opponent, especially like if you're playing John Holio and he's trying to find his, his fifth color for his deck that he always plays. Then yeah, this only helps him out a little bit. But uh, again, this is one of the cards when my opponent plays it, I'm like, yes, I just won. That means I won the game. I feel like that. Yeah, I, I sometimes do. Sometimes I lose the game and it feels really bad, but. Oh man, do you take a week off? <laughs> but I just think you want so much power in this format. Um, and you have players playing three or four faction decks that this could be very dangerous. Right. Splash Holio. Yeah. Keep up. Good player. All right. Then the next two are, again, these are set 12 cards. There's Trigantha's Breath and Zoltan Ambassador. Trigantha's Breath is the four cost. Uh, spell where you choose an enemy unit and then uh, stun the rest and then Zoltan Ambassador is the two cost one one that draws you a card if you play a hero right and breath is not fast right breath is not fast yeah so I mean it's not that great ambassador just not enough heroes none of the heroes I've had some cool ambassador decks in the last format where I had like two ambassadors and like seven or eight heroes and went off now you have X one removal like crazy, no heroes, so it's pretty much it's pretty much unplayable. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I do view Trigantha's breath a little bit like a Chakram throw, where there's like a strong rare that it's like slightly comparable to, and yet it just doesn't perform as like a slightly weaker card. Um, you know, like this is very similar to Crystallize, and yet, even though it costs one less, it's like nowhere near as good. Yeah, I agree. And then I don't think it's unplayable, but it has a space for some deck somewhere, but I definitely wouldn't play it. Yeah. All right, then next is Icequake, which is the uh, seven-cost uh, spell that deals three damage to each unit and enemy player. Yeah, just costs too much. costs yeah. way too much. Exactly. And then uh, there's Tome of the Azure Mage, which is the... I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, which is the two-cost relic, and then it has a frenzy trigger, where every time you trigger frenzy, you get to draw a card and discard a card, and then you can pay eight and deal uh, damage to the enemy player equal to the number of spells you have in your void. This is a Pachi card. Pachi knows how to play this card well. He, uh, I've seen him get a seven-win list he was just playing lots of spells, uh, dealing frenzy damage, and sorting uh, through his deck, and filtering through his deck. And then it, um, he ended up killing people with the with the tomb with its uh, with its ultimate ability. So I think it's a I think it's a pretty cool card, especially if you're playing you know some frenzy. You can cycle through your deck and find your good stuff. Um, you don't always have to play the ultimate effect on it. Yeah, I I mean my the main problem I find with this card. And any cards like this that require you a play to play a card to loot is you just eventually ran out, run out of cards because you're not going up a card ever. And so, like, if you're spending a card to go to deal face damage and then drawing a discarded card, you're you're eventually getting down to your last card, and in which case the looting becomes a lot yeah, worse. You're just, yeah, I agree. You, you got to manage your what's in your hand and try to hang on to some stuff that you're not going to use. You Maybe you're holding some extra power. You don't want to be a super expensive deck with it. It's definitely not a bomb, but I know that there are players out there that uh, play this card and are able to play it efficiently. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this card is not in the top bottom five, uh, but Psionic Savant only has six copies, which was kind of surprising to me because I know it has felt more playable in this format than it ever has before, and yet it's still not quite showing up very often in the seven win lists. Yeah, well, when it's good, it's good. Uh, you know, if you're able to get it down and start drawing cards immediately and get it out of the X1 damage range, but I, I tend not to not play this card. It's just not my style of deck. Uh, it's more uh, a, a patchy deck, I would say. <laughs> yes. All right. And then uh, Shadow Commons. Um, the top common is Through the Unknown with 126 copies. And then uh, it has it has no no-shows. So um, actually the best showing for <laughs> the worst common of any of the uh, other colors is Orin Taxation, which has three copies. And this is a set 12 card. Yes, three calls, yeah. slow speed spell, deal three damage to the enemy player, gain three life. Yes. Uh, so 
I this is just as someone wanted another frenzy enabler, I imagine, which is probably yeah. That's kind of why I looked at it too. Just the, the desperation frenzy. <laughs> exactly. All right, then the next card is a Chemtrail Burst, which also has three copies, and that is the uh, two-cost fire spell with Unleash, and it says give your units plus one attack. And this this card has a space. There's some go wide strategies out there that this card is useful for. Um, I've played it a couple times and it's been good and sometimes it kind of sucks I'd just say it's an average to slightly below average card yeah exactly it seems like it can do a lot of damage but again it's just like it's hard to justify this I just haven't justified I haven't played enough decks that were just like five um, uh, what are they called the rounds collection rounds or whatever collection rounds, yeah, yeah you know where you're just like going really wide and then maybe play a chemtrail burst you know it's funny because i do i've sometimes liked cards like rally but for some reason i just haven't found a deck that really wants to play this card yeah like i said i've played it in a couple of stones card lists where i'm just trying to get them low and then maybe i'm wide enough that i can finish them off with this card but it's not playable all the time just in you know some aggro lists all right Go wide aggro. then the next card is pilfer uh which is just the one cost spell that says draw the top card of your enemy of the enemy deck i must be seeing something wrong like i've seen people play this a lot and i don't know maybe it's good i don't like it i, I I just I don't like the card. I know it replaces itself. You pay one, you steal your opponent's card. But man, just uh, I just don't like it. Maybe it's a personal bias. Wouldn't play this card. No, I, I agree. It it just doesn't do uh, do anything. So uh, <laughs> unless you feel like your opponent's better than you and has better cards in their deck, it just doesn't make sense. But yeah, I get turn one pilfered so many times. Yeah, me too. Like, turn one and turn two, you're like, man. <laughs> you're instantly like, well, there goes my menagerie. And then they play a, a primal sigil. You're like, oh, okay, they stole my power. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just very strange. Because there's not even really, like, spell synergy this format. You know, it's not like, oh, play, you know, I don't know. Maybe don't you know <laughs> play Homesick Yeti and just play five pilfers. And then... Uh... <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Uh, I would try that. Yeah, then you're not even down cards there. Um, no, that'd be amazing, actually. <laughs> all right, then uh, next is Collude, which is the uh, two cost, uh, the two cost fast spell uh, from set twelve that makes a unit unable to block and draws a card. Right. Eh, I mean, I don't think it's, it wasn't great last format. It was okay. I used it in some aggro list, uh, again, just to try to push damage. It does replace itself, but uh, eh, it's just not that good, this format. And it, there's it, Again, it goes back to the same thing. It's pack three, and there's so many better options usually. Yes, and uh, one of those not better options is uh, <laughs> Left Right Trapper, which is the one cost 1-1 one, one with Ambush, and then when it hits the enemy unit, it gets plus one attack. I'm, Trapper is not great. It's, you can play it if you have a plan. Like sometimes I have a plan to play Trapper quick speed on two, so on turn three I can sack it to 
uh, whatever that the weapon is that the, if you sack a weapon, it makes if you sack a unit, it makes the unit even bigger. I can't remember what it is. It's yeah, from sacrificial set. dagger. Yeah, things like that. But the, again, this format way better options. Um, it's an X one. It's just gonna die. So it's pretty much it's, it's almost unplayable. Yeah, and then I think this is a great great thing to end on here. These are the Shadow Uncommons. The best uh, Shadow Uncommon is Bell Tower Shot, which has 42 copies. And then there are five no-shows, and these are all from set 13. <laughs> these are bad. <laughs> yeah. this uh, I think this is one of the reasons people don't like Shadow is because their Uncommons are just so bad because the sixth one is also from set uh, 13. And then I don't, remember. I, don't, I don't know what that card is. Oh yeah, well I'll I'll add that one. Uh, once you hear it, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's what that card is. But here are the the five cards that are no shows. There's Shadowfang Valkyrie, which is the zero cost one one flyer that can't block. There's uh, Pick Clean, which gives um, all cards in the enemy void void bound. Who it's you can't play it. There's Egg Snatch, which. Um, so, <laughs> can't figure eggs that out at all <laughs> yeah it, it steals the enemy attachment and then puts it on the top of your deck i think i can't remember i had to look it up there's uh fangs of darkness which is a reprint it is the four shadow shadow it gives all your attacking units deadly um and then there's breath of miviox which uh is what the six cost steel effect um that gives the enemy unit taunt. I'm looking up egg snatch. I'm sorry. I'm getting sidetracked. I have to see what it says again. I'm so close. It's so bad. It is bad. Where did it go? Da -da, da -da, da -da. Sorting through cards. Da -da -da. Egg snatch. Attach your choice from the player's hand and put it on top of your deck. Oh, from the any player's hand. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put that on the list of definitely unplayable. I, don't, I can't remember if I've ever seen by playing one. Um, no, because it, it, it's a chance. And even if you hit, it's still card. Dis I mean, it's card neutral in a sense. But you put it on the top of your deck. So you're not you're not two for oneing. <laughs> you're a hey, you ever played the three two from a couple sets ago? Shadow when when you play it, uh, you can cat make the burglar. Enemy. Yeah, yeah, cat burglar. It's like a, it, you know how bad it felt to play cat burglar and not get a not get a, a, a attachment out of their hand, but you still had the unit then. Now you got nothing. It's just it's like egg snatch. You go up to the nest and there's no eggs in there, and you're mad. Yeah, no, it's so bad. Yeah, so all of these are pretty unplayable. I think Fangs of Darkness of the Dark, I again, is theoretically playable in my mind. Like, again, if we're talking about our six copies of collection rounds, you just have like 12 1-1 Minotaurs with Taunt, and then you attack in, your opponent blocks with like all of these Terrazons, and then you just Fangs of Darkness of them and clear their board. Like... I can imagine the scenario, the deck or scenario that does it, but it just, I guess, is too conditional. I think of uh, a couple sets ago, we had the spell one cost, but you could amp it up to seven or eight, and it gave your units 
plus X plus X and Overwhelm. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I can't remember the name of the card now. I feel like this would be good with that card. You just pay the one cost, give them Overwhelm, and then you play this. Maybe that would be decent. But that card's not in the set. So, but I, I, I'm in line with you thinking theoretically there's probably a list out there that this would be cool in. But uh, yeah, I don't think it. That's just not something I would. I've skipped it often. Breath of Midiox, though, uh, people have beat me with this card. You because know, you think you have things set up, and then all of a sudden they, they had six power, and you don't have things set up. You just die. But it does cost a lot, though. It does cost a lot. Yeah, I think this is just too conditional, so I don't think this is a card you should put in your deck. But it's definitely... It's like this format has a lot of these kind of cards where they're just very swingy. So you're like... You shouldn't be putting them in your deck, but then you sometimes get blown out and then you trick yourself into wanting to put it in your deck because oh, yeah, I haven't tricked myself into one of putting it in my deck, but I have been blown out by it. Yeah. And I, it, it feels bad. You're like, damn man, that guy played that card. And that's, he, he got me <laughs> and you just move on to the next game, I guess. Yeah. All right. Then, uh, next is uh smooth hustle, which is the, uh, four cost fast spell with uh scout, and swap the attack and health of two of your units. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I've never played this card. <laughs> yeah, I have played it in a, a, list, a list with a Felon Adept before. But it's just so much worse than um, uh, Ver- Feast of Vermin. Ver- Vermin's Feast, yeah. Or Vermin's Feast, yeah. That it's just hard to justify ever playing. Did you get the scout? Did you did you calculate the scout into your assessment? <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Unfortunately, because it's just like hard. It's so hard to get a two for one off of this, and yeah. you, it requires you to have two units. It's just I was just so I was situational. Just, I agree with you. I was just giving you a hard time. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And so I don't think it's unplayable, but it's not a good card. It's borderline down down to the bottom border. <laughs> cool. Well, we made it. We made it through all of the worst cards in the five colors. What did he there's think? Probably some hidden. There's probably some hidden cards that we just. Uh, I tried to do some research and see if there's other ones, but I think we hit the main ones that were um, definitely unplayable. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, so it is. It it's kind of cool. I think uh, when when you kind of go through these. Uh, because it's nice when you're like, man, these cards look unplayable to me. And then you like, look at the spreadsheet and you're like, oh, no one wins with these. Makes sense. Makes sense. But it also makes it that much worse when you lose to them. (laughs) I find that like, you know, once, if you draft a lot, you get used to all the tricks and you know, all the tricks, you know, what's coming. Uh, and then sometimes somebody hits you with a egg snatch. You're sad. <laughs> He's like, I didn't see X Snatch coming, or I didn't see Breath of Midiox coming. They, they, they got me. I know. Yeah, that, uh, and that definitely happens. Or like, you find you draw your bomb, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, people play the primal. Um, what's it called? Stoke ambition, and you lose your bomb. And you're like, <laughs> of course. I still, you still win the game, but you're mad because you want to play your bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So I think we're going to end it here. So thanks again, Vincent, for coming on and talking about these awful, awful cards with me. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Yeah. 
And uh, thanks for everyone for listening, making it to the end here. Thanks to our patrons for supporting the show um, each and every week slash month. Uh, if you're not a patron, uh, you can still support us by giving us a five-star rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can uh, join us in our Discord. It's been pretty hopping the, uh, the last uh, few weeks. Who knew that if I started releasing regular episodes again, people would... <laughs> <laughs> talk in the discord what a shocking shocking um but yeah and you can also give a thumbs up to all of raven dragon's reddit posts and don't forget to send in all your seven win deck lists you do this week not to the email address which you still can definitely please do that if you're not on discord but uh the much better place is on discord and remember to keep on farming have a good night